With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, the Saturday Marathon of Combat Sports has officially come to its conclusion, and it ended with Chris Cyborg picking up a unanimous decision win over Arlene Blanco in the main event of Bellator 279. Something we didn't really expect to see, but Arlene Blanco toughed it out. She made it to the end, and Chris Cyborg retains her title. We also have a brand-new Interim bantamweight champion, Rafian Stotts, becomes the first fighter to stop Juan Archuleta via strikes. Did so in the third round. He moves on in the Grand Prix. He will take on the winner of Danny Sabatello versus Leandro Ego. Those two will fight on June 24th. Stotts will await the winner and put that title on the line for the first time. We also had Patchy Mix advancing in the Bellator bantamweight Grand Prix with a decision win over Kyoji Horiguchi. We have the UFC event. Jessica Andrade closed the show with a incredible submission, one of the best submissions of the year. It'll definitely be in the uh, the nominations when we're doing the awards. The standing arm triangle, whatever that was, I mean, that was absolutely incredible. You're not going to see that all that often. All right, I can't maintain this gimmick the whole time. But uh, yes, my Raptor's still alive. Uh, great day of com- – I, I think a really good day of combat sports, depending on what your expectations were for the respective events, Fury White and Bellator 279 and UFC Vegas 52. But I feel like if you tuned in and you were like me and you kind of watched a little bit of everything and you, pick, you picked and choose and you're strategic – uh, I think like you had a good time. I don't know. Jose Young's Jose Young's is also here. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think? Uh, what I was a big fan of is it seems like when one would end, it would kind of go right into the other, if that makes sense. So like Fury, yeah, yeah. Fury White ended. And then I think I missed the first two fights of the UFC yeah. card. So that, but it went right into that. 
And then when the UFC main event ended, I flipped over to Bellator and like the main card or no, I caught the last round of, of the anti Medeiros, Manuel Sanchez fight, which is obviously appeared to be just an absolute banger. And that, that went right into the main event. So if you timed it out and you watched all three cards, you probably saw all of the important things because it seems that when one ended, it went right into the other. So, uh, stellar programming all around. I feel bad for my East Coast folks, though, because what time is it for you guys? Like 2 a.m. almost? It is almost 2 in the morning. Uh, we should note, by the way, uh, oh, wait, wait, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, wait. We, we just got a, a fresh a fresh call, man. Uh-huh. Hold on one second. Oh, let me, no. Let me get this gentleman It's not. Up tell here. me it's not. Yeah, tell me you, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, you know. Are you, tell me. Oh, my oh, God. Lord. We told him he was not needed. I know. We told I, him I, he no was one, not no needed. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for yeah. this. If if I uh, don't do this, then I have to watch the post slums. So I'd rather fucking do this. I was about to say. I was about to say. Technically, we're saying all this is past tense. The weekend is not over. We have three Bellator two seventy nine post slums that are going on right now. Uh, so for anyone, yeah. uh, if you can please multitask, listen to our show, whatever you listen to our show on, please keep that on, <laughs> and obviously then pop up another screen for the beautiful, beautiful Bellator two seventy nine post slums. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot to talk about. I don't know if we want to go in chronological order uh, or we want to go, as usual, UFC first. Uh, Jose, again, let, let's, we'll continue with you. What, 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 would you uh, what do you think should lead off the show if you, if you, if you had to pick? What, what is the, uh, the most – I mean, I shouldn't say most momentous. I think we know what the most important combat sports event of the day was, but uh, most conversation worthy. Ooh, that's tough because – Self personally, I was obviously hyper invested in the boxing match, but I think just off of tra- social traffic and tw- so, uh, social media traffic, the UFC did obviously bigger, uh, especially Jessica Andrade, like ten out of like not a ten out of ten, but like a much better call out than last week's main event. Uh, but if we're talking about you know the like Bellator Grand Prix, like moving on a new interim title. Um, Alina McFarlane loses and Chris Cyborg goes the distance. I feel like there's more talking points in Bellator, but I have a feeling our audience would probably tune in more for the UFC. So trust your judgment, AK. You know it to be true. Uh, Jed, before you came on, we were saying like, you know, it was kind of easier if you plan to watch all three events to watch like little bits and pieces. Jose was saying they somewhat conveniently kind of one led into the other. So there wasn't as much like overlap as there had to be. What, what were you mostly focused on today, Jed? What, what, what events, whether for work or out of your interest, were you kind of covering and, and had your like your most focus on? I was working Bellator, so that had my most focus. But I think Jose is right. Like I... I didn't miss anything from any of the other stuff that happened. Uh, there was very little overlap, frankly. There's some of the overlap for the, the early prelims for Bellator. And then there was just a little bit of the Antimideros fight um, over on Bellator, kind of clashing uh, with the main event for for the UFC. But, I mean, shouts, shouts to our girl because she got it done so quick that it, it just didn't matter. So... Timing really, really worked out well. So if you were a combat sports fan, today was a really good day for you, frankly. You know, it's rare that we give Bellator the lead because uh, it's rare that we go on right after Bellator. As people know, usually do a post-fight mm-hmm. show. It's based around the UFC schedule. So let's talk about Bellator first. We just saw an awesome main event. Uh, I know uh, producer Casey was very happy. I think he feels a little vindicated with how uh, Chris Cyborg and Arlene Blenko performed uh, in that a fight that a lot of people didn't have going the distance. I, I wasn't one of them. I thought it would be the under, sort of the one and a half that we'd thrown out there. Uh, but no, Arlene Blenko this time, after getting submitted in their first fight in the second round, goes all five rounds. It was 
really, really entertaining fight. Uh, she had Cyborg hurt many, many times. Uh, Jed, is this a legit fight of the year uh, candidate? We had, I mean, we have one earlier this week. Clay called Jeremy Stevens. What do you think? No, it's it, it's not a fight of the year candidate. It was a great fight. Um, it was way more entertaining than it had any right to be, but it's one of those fights that has it has the the tint of expectation that's coloring our perception here because we all thought that we've already seen this and then especially that first round blanco got just hammer drops and it looked like it was over and then she kind of you know came back and and gave a great show a great account of herself absolutely nothing to take away from arlene blanco other than she is tougher than two dollar steak but she her moments were few and far between, and mostly that was one-way traffic. Uh, but because it was not uh, an absolute bulldozing, then it looked – we just feel differently about it than than if we came to this without expectation. So, uh, again, great performance from Blanco. Uh, solid fight. More fun than it, I certainly thought it was going to be, but not a fight of the year contender. Uh, Jose, do you agree? Not a fight of the year contender, but one of the more memorable title defenses of Chris Arbor's career. Yeah, it was a fun fight, but I don't even think if you take if you include the PFL boxing UFC Bellator, I don't even think it was the best fight of the week. I still think mm-hmm. Clay Call, I still Clay Call, um, Jeremy Stevens was the best mm-hmm. fight of the, of the, of the week, but that's okay. Like Chris Cyborg versus, versus Arlene was very fun and it doesn't have to be the top spot for everyone to appreciate it. I just think the fact that, you know, uh, Arlene just was so goddamn tough and Chris Cyborg was just, you know, doing Chris Cyborg things. It was one of the more, it was definitely one of the most entertaining women's fights i've seen in like easily one of the most entertaining featherweight title fights or featherweight women's featherweight fights i've seen it was just it was a lot of fun but it wasn't the best i still give that to college versus stevens uh producer casey can i get your little can can i summon your little bubble here because i know you have a take on this again like i know you were you were someone who was positive about this matchup when it was made um and again it was really fun to watch oh there he is there's a little bubble the little bubble uh, uh Casey, what, what do you think? Let them know. Let, let people know. Let people know. Pre- preach about this uh, main event. Oh, I just thought. It was, um, I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of agree with both of you guys said. Um, it was just a freaking. Okay, first of all, I, I understand everyone in Cats and Gano. Ooh, wait, I got, I got two bubbles on me. Sorry. I know everyone wanted Cats and Gano. It didn't happen. We can't do anything about that. Cats and Gano didn't take the fight, and I thought Blinkow earned this rematch. And but the the main part is like rematches very rarely go exactly as the first fight goes and i know everyone's like especially at the high level yeah if this is like you no know, just a low level fight then you know whatever but blankow she earned her rematch and she's tough as nails two daughter steak all that and i thought it's just a entertaining fight and it's it's freaking cyborg like you just you and jose says this a lot he's like you just take every moment you can to appreciate this and we have fighters like cyborg you know once in a generation type of fighter to come into uh, mixed martial arts. Just if if you can if you have a chance to watch it, we can watch it. And her and Blinkow put a freaking awesome scrap out tonight. And it was the it was the fight the um, the fans needed, especially I guess after the kind of um, uh, the disappointment with uh, Alima's fight. You know, so I think they really needed that kind of fun. You know, Hawaiian you no know, you no know, scrap. So it was great. I loved it. Oh, we, yeah, have, uh, I think, we have Mr. Heck back. Oh, is, please, please, Mike, come back. 
There he is. I'm here. All right. Can you hear me? How are we doing? Yes. Perfect. Would you like to retake the hosting reins, sir? Okay. Um, I don't know what you guys <laughs> talking about. Uh, no, we're talking. We decided that that we decided Chris Cyborg versus Arlene was not the best fight of the week, but certainly very fun. Very it was very fun. Yeah, it's, we're I, leading it with Bellator. Fun. We're leading with yes. Bellator because it just ended. Yes, it's a good point, Jed. I'm glad that you're here. I didn't think you would be here, so uh, color me surprised and color me happy that you were here because I feel like you're the right man to ask this question because I think. The biggest question coming out of this fight was, should Arlene Blanco, should she have uh, milked the knee, the illegal knee? Oh, of course. And become the champion. She, she could be the champion right now. Now, of course, we're going to support her for her warrior spirit, the Anthony Smith in, inside of her for, for going on here. But did she make a mistake not milking it and taking the DQ and having some having some gold around her waist right now? And saving herself like uh, an extra twenty minutes of pain. Hell yeah, she did. Get, get that bag, baby. There's there's one motto in this game, and it is get the bag. Like I don't know if she actually would have gotten the DQ win. I don't know how that was going to go. I honestly, she may well have because Jason Herzog is actually a good referee. Um, you notice how he took a point because he's a good referee and not like a bad one. Um, so like that maybe would have been a DQ win. Uh, and look, when you're a champion, they call you champ forever. That that doesn't go away, no matter the circumstances with which that belt got wrapped around your waist. Cyborg, you've heard me talk about it plenty. Don't cheat. Don't do the illegal thing, especially in a fight that you are winning handily and don't need to do the illegal thing. You could just not do the illegal thing, and it's all fine. So uh, sure should have. Because all of our, you know, good feelings for Arlene Blanco, they're going to last about the next two hours and everyone's going to go to sleep and go back to forgetting that Arlene Blanco uh, exists and put on a hell of a performance tonight. So, yeah, she should absolutely got that title because can't let legends never die, baby. And that that's a legend move in my book. I'm sorry, Jed. What was I about to say? <laughs> You're about to tell us why Arlene Blanco should have oh, yes. taken a dive to get that belt. Uh, that yeah, look, uh, uh, Mike was saying I, I'm su- supposedly supposed to be the angel to your yeah. devil, but I admit I was feeling a little impish. I may or may not in our you know shared work Slack chat have immediately said uh, I think like Blanco take the DQ. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't crave chaos, but. I mean, how amazing would it have been for Arlene Blenkow to say, I'm one of the people who has a win over Chris Cyborg, whether by DQ or by anything else. Uh, also, it would have just been fit so well with all the weird, like the Bellator strangeness we've had. We have like, we had the Julia, the, uh, uh, you know, somewhat questionable stoppage from uh, Mike Beltran in the uh, Juliana Velasquez, Liz Carmouche fight. We have the no contest with Corey Anderson and, uh, Vadim Nemkov, and then and some people would even say there was controversy with the uh, AJ McKee Patricio Pitbull fight, but I mean not really. It's just a close fight, close entertaining fight, right? Uh, so how cool would it have been to have this have that there this run of Bellator events end with a friggin' Starborg <laughs> losing her title by DQ? So I don't know. I, I obviously I don't think Blankow should have done that. Um, I don't know how much more money a Bellator champion makes. Probably more, but. So much so that she would want to, you know, I don't know, have to deal with kind of all that Aljamain Sterling drama. And I just think instinctually it's not something that Arlene Blanco would do. I don't know her personally, but just from, you know, what we know of her career, 
I think her taking a DQ win, it, it's it's almost unfathomable. She just wouldn't do it. Um, she didn't even the fact that she didn't even try and milk it was kind of shocking. But uh, Jed, these fighters are made from sterner stuff than you and I, so you know it's easy for us to say, oh, they should have done this kind of sneaky thing to advance their careers. But that's not how they're you know that's not how they're wired. Can you guys hear me now? Are we good? Yes. Yeah, you are back, sir. Oh, for God's sakes, my apologies. I don't know what the hell is going on here. Um, Jose, your thoughts on on this? Because I don't feel like she'd get the same amount of flack as like Aljo got. I, I, I just don't think in this situation. I think more people in the realm of like social media and MMA fans, they'd probably be like, "This is a pretty smart move on her part." Your thoughts on on that whole situation? I would only. If- I don't. Even, I think this is even a non-issue because if she was legitimately hurt and couldn't continue, don't continue. If she can continue, then continue. And if she can't, can, if she can continue, and she says she can't, then she's a liar. And I don't <laughs> care for liars at all in any aspect of my life, especially in sports, especially in combat sports. So this is a non-issue. If she can continue. She can continue, and she can continue. Don't be a liar, kids. Don't listen to Jed. Look, that's great. I support strong, <laughs> upstanding, moral citizens. But kids, the world's going to bite you in the ass one day. So just just be ready for that. Uh. All right, so let's let's talk about where Chris Cyborg goes from here because she's in a very interesting yeah. spot, Jed Mishu. She's in a very interesting spot. Come July, she becomes a free agent and she can go fight anywhere. Now, you and I have talked about this many times. In the world of like prize fighting, she's winning the prize fighting game. She's getting very winnable fights and she's making a ton of money. And this is a fun fight. But most of the time, she just runs through her opponents and makes that bag that we all talk about. But if we're talking about legacy, you got Kayla Harrison over in the PFL. I don't think she's going back to the UFC anytime soon. There's money to be made everywhere. Do you think Bellator tries to get her in there one more time? This is probably the the result that Bellator disliked the most, right? So what do we do with Chris Cyborg now? Do you think they try to get her in for one more? Do you think this could be the last time we saw her? inside the Bellator cage tonight? They'll probably try. I I don't know if they will just because, like, this wasn't a total steamrolling, so maybe Cyborg wants to take some time off to recover because she, you know, got hit some, which is not a thing that happens to her all that often, frankly. Uh, So maybe they try and get her in before before it runs up. I said earlier, either this week or last week, I frankly don't remember at this point, I stand – I stand in the same corner. I think Cyborg holds all the cards in this situation. I think her inevitable endpoint is going to be PFL. It's just a matter of, of how that goes. And my belief is that because Scott Coker is really tied into having her, Cyborg can basically demand whatever she wants. Uh, you know, there's a dollar number that wouldn't make sense for them. But if she just comes to Scott Coker and says, hey, uh, I'll resign for six months and during that time period, I will fight Kat Zingano and you have the onus is on you to figure it out with PFL to make this Kayla Harrison fight. And if not, and that six months is up, then I'm going to PFL or whatever. Then I think, I think 
they just have to do it, right? Like, like what's Bellator just going to let her walk for nothing when they could get some more out of her? So uh, that's kind of still how I think it's going to go. But all roads are pointing to a fight between her and Kayla Harrison uh, by next summer is my guess on the timeline. Cool. All right. So Chris gets the win. We'll see where she goes. We talked about this on the preview show quite a bit, so we'll move on to what Rafi on shots did. I just want to, I, I just want to say one real quick thing because everyone kept talking about how the timing might not might be a big factor because Chris, you don't want to sit on the cyborg versus Kale Harrison. After beating a fight like that, it probably helps out Chris Cyborg as you take a little bit of time off to get ready for Kayla yeah. Harrison. Oh no, I I agree with you. But you you would think yeah. like I'm just saying I'm just circling back to yeah, what, yeah. In, in the 100%. preview I think it was either preview or BTL or something we talked about that yeah hundred percent like in terms of getting ready for a Kayla fight this is probably the best case scenario for Chris but in terms of mm-hmm. Bellator and her contract situation they probably thought Chris is just going to run through Arlene Blanco maybe get her back in there one more time before the contract expires get her paid a little more maybe try to work something on in between then but. We'll see what happens. It's an interesting story right now in 2022. Just like the Bantamweight Grand Prix, AK, Rafion Stotts is the new interim Bantamweight champion for Bellator. He stops Juan Archuleta, becomes the first fighter to do so via strikes, does so in the third round. I'm curious, AK, how did you have that fight scored after two rounds? Uh, hold on. I have to talk about his... God, yeah, you're, uh, I'm sorry. It's hard for me not to just jump ahead to the knockout and his his post fight uh, speech. It was just, <laughs> it, it's it was just it caught me off guard a little bit. Not cause, I mean, I, I not because I'm not familiar with with uh, Rafael Stotts. I think after his last one, I think a lot of people um, sort of became aware of like how charismatic and entertaining this guy could be. Um, but man, they gave you know we criticize Big John all the time, but uh, at the very least, he got out of the way here and just gave uh, Rufian Stotts the mic and just let him say whatever the hell he wanted. <laughs> And it was hilarious. Um, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't even know if I can answer your question. Everything up until the 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 head kick or the head knee kick, and then the post fight promo is a bit of a blur. Um, I I want to repeat what he said after, but I just I just know I can't. It's filled with so much profanity, and I, I can't. Uh, so so I won't. Um, but I will say, like, man, uh, regardless of, of how people thought the fight was going up until that point. Damn, if you didn't see that finish and you're not a believer that Rofion Stotts is like, you know, an, a serious major player at 135, just in general, not just in Bellator, but looking at Bellator, UFC, any other bantamweight division that you want to talk about, I mean, you're just not paying attention. And I hope, we say this all the time, I know, I hope Bellator knows what they have with this guy and that they can find a way to properly promote him and give him the platforms he needs because he can he can really be i think he can be like a michael chandler level star for them um people can you know gauge that in the broader you know uh combat sports scenes much as they want but i think that's pretty good and i think i think rafian stats can be that jose your thoughts on rafian stats's performance and his ceiling with this promotion and in the sport and in this division I think what hurts his ceiling, I think his like his long term ceiling is he is 33 because I think a lot of people like they're just they're just finding out who he is. So I bet a lot of people think that he's like this young up and coming guy, kind of like AJ McKee, but he's not. He's on the other side of 30. 
Uh, I think he is, he might even be younger than Israel. I mean, older than Israel Asanya, if like not like a year older, like right on that level. So um, he's no spring chicken, but he just keeps winning. And I think this performance against Juan Archuleta is exactly what he needed because, you know, he's had three straight decisions. Uh, everyone was like, oh, who's the dark horse? Sabatelli, who just won yesterday. Uh, is he the dark horse to do it? Or now that Sergio Pettis is out or is uh, Kyoji Horiguchi truly the best bantamweight in the world because he was so close to beating Kyoji Horiguchi and R- Rafian Stotts just melted Juan Archuleta like the, like you said the first person to do it so I think this was the exact performance he needs to get people to want to tune in to watch his next fight and now I bet a lot of people are going to be favoring him to win before he went live we even talked about it like a possible match between Sabatelli and Stotts is like literally like we said say this all the time these great fighters need a foil and someone that can like talk back and get in these war of words like, you know, the Connor and Aldo's or the Anderson Silva's Chael Sons, the John Jones Rashad's or Cormier's. And that was what was really hurting Amanda Nunes for, from being like overly popular because she was clearly the best female fighter of all time at one point, arguably still is. I still think she is, but she didn't have that foil until Juliana Pena showed up. And if Stotts and Sabatelli imagine that build that is going to be a lot of john both in and out and post fight so i'm all here for it i think this is exactly what he needed he just melted a dude and then there's the guy that grinds people out very dominantly in his same side of the bracket um i it made me that much more excited and like i say all the time kids don't lie and they're prize fighters first and foremost so there you go now everyone is more excited to watch them fight chad i know you are now on the Danny Sabatello train. Of course, Danny's got to fight Leandro Higo on June 24th in scenic Uncasville, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun Arena. I assume Danny Sabatello is going to do exactly what he did on Friday to Leandro Higo, but we can't assume everything well, of in, in, the, in the MMA. But uh, I mean, Leandro Higo effing sucks. Uh, <laughs> we all learned that from Danny Sabatello. Oh. He He told us all, and so... Uh, I don't think the man's a liar. I think the man's a hero. <laughs> and I'm 100% with Jose. Uh, give me Javier Stotts and, and, and Danny Sabatello. That's going to be all sorts of awesome. Uh, that fight might not be awesome, frankly, but everything else about it is going to be gangbusters. So I'm all in for that. Um, I know we technically are going to have to watch Leandro Ego get beat up for 15 minutes but that's fine you know happy to watch Andre go get beat up beat up for for three fives uh and then move on with our lives uh and it's well, gonna it be, be five fives shed it'll be five fives oh it is five because yeah because they're in the actual tournament now instead of the play-in or whatever well you know uh that's just more time for me and danny sabs to to start bonding uh to get you know become friends i'm really excited uh about what's gonna happen it's gonna be awesome <laughs> Uh, so great win for Stotts. Juan Archuleta was not happy with the stoppage, but he has yes, since he gone on social media yeah. and he said that it's okay. So uh, he, he supports Mike Beltran, who I, I think Mike kind of needed that too because he had kind of a rough night on Friday, took a little bit of a beating for the uh, the finish of the Velasquez fight uh, for Liz Carmouche becoming the champion. And so maybe Mike Beltran, maybe the, the pillars have, have sort of evened out. We had another Bantamweight Grand Prix fight on this card, too. Patchy Mix beats Kyoji Horiguchi. A.K. A- Lee, what did you think of that? What did you think of Patchy Mix going in there? And by the way, he looked – Patchy Mix looked like a featherweight compared to a lightweight-looking Kyoji Horiguchi. Did he not? 
Patch mix is really good. Patch mix is really good. I think a lot of us expected, like, when the first round happened, I don't think any of us were too concerned for uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. We were kind of like, yeah, uh, Patch mix is super talented, bigger guy, great grappler. It's probably going to take uh, Horiguchi, you know, so, some time to kind of figure out this guy's style. And uh, he'll probably lose one of the, the first round and, and, and have to, and you know, tr- start turning things around in the second round and then eventually win a decision or, or find a finish later. But uh, this is the best version of mix we've seen. He was super focused. Uh, I think he even kind of said after, like, uh, I know people. I know people think like I'm. You know, I'm, I'm that talented guy who can't put together a whole fight. Uh, he did against one of the best, uh, you know, lighter weight fighters in the world. The size disparity is. I know we. I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but it is definitely a factor. Um, Kyoji Uguchi has shown for sure he's an elite 135er, but you really, I personally would really like to see, um, you know, a flyweight division in Bellator. And for, for Kyoji to, to, to be able to compete at that weight class, which he can make easily. You know, he's just fighting at bantamweight because uh, they don't cut weight when he was over in uh, Japan, when he's fighting in Japan. Uh, Beltor doesn't have a flyweight division. And I'm sure if they never made it, he'd be fine. He'd be happy. He'd be competitive. But he is – I hate people – I hope, you know, people don't see him taking a loss like this and think like, oh, well, you know, Horikuchi's lost it or he's not one of the elite fighters in the world. He is. He's just, you know, uh, especially in a fight where there's so much grappling – it's going to favor a guy that's that much bigger a lot. And he's eventually going to run into those guys. Even his fights with Darren Caldwell weren't pretty. He won both those fights, but there was a lot of him having to deal with some serious, serious grappling against a guy who was a lot bigger than him. So, um, uh, you know, disappointing. I think disappointing for a lot of the Horikuchi fans out there. I'm not sure how this is going to affect his standing in the uh, MMA fighting global ranking. Certainly a big boost for Patchy Mix at the end and well-deserved. Again, he's only lost to like really strong elite guys. Um, so it was a great performance for him. I don't, I don't want to dwell on the negative. I know for a lot of people it wasn't fun seeing um, Horiguchi neutralized like that. But let's focus on the positive here and say, hey, we've got a, another legit, super legit guy at 135 pounds, the, the best division in all of MMA, uh, Apache Mix. Oh, let's not get started on this because we don't want to get Jed all fired I don't up. Think any, I don't think anyone here thing. would disagree with that. I can't imagine anyone here would disagree with that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. I would, but I'm not going to. yeah we we don't have that kind of time that's for sure uh yeah this is a fun event apparently there's still fights happening uh there's Muslims going on so miko inaba Uh, just picked up a sick knockout yeah that was pretty sad she was on this card to begin with that was a good post one (laughs) well done uh justin quiche defeats ali malay mcfarlane Um, that was kind of a stunning uh a stunning fight but justin quiche big upset Win there, Yancey Medeiros, Emmanuel Sanchez had themselves quite the fight. Jed, I know you were a big fan of that one. Oh, dude, that fight was a banger. Uh, I do just want to speak on Kyoji real fast uh, to say two things. The first is that I hope one day to love something as much as Kyoji loves giving up his back uh, because he just he just gave it to Patchy every time that they were in an entanglement. It's like, here, please take this. I I don't want my own back. You can have it. Um, and the second is, I just want to see him in the UFC. I know that that's not a fun thing to say, but like, I this fight did not do anything for me as far as Patchy Mix. Like, I thought he he did the things he needed to, and credit to him for that. But mostly, I came away from this thinking, okay, Patchy Mix can go five rounds, which is the only real thing I saw from him, as opposed to the Archuleta fight where he clearly tired out down the stretch, and. Yeah, he's just a full weight class bigger than Kyoji. And Kyoji is really a flyweight, and he may or may not be the best flyweight in the world. And boy, I'd love to find out. I would love to watch that man fight Brandon Moreno or Davidson Figueredo or 
anyone else, frankly, or, um, you know, Kai Kara France is now in that mix. I want to see those fights because I think there's a really good chance that he is the best flyweight in the world. And it, all of it sucked. It sucked that the UFC just kind of let him go, even though his run through Ryzen and Bellator has been fun in a whole different way. They let him go right when he was about to become great. They had him when he was early. And now I just want to see him fight other people that are the best in the world at flyweight because I think he's actually the best flyweight in the world. So that's all I have to say on that. And then, yeah, Yancy Medeiros Emmanuel Sanchez was exactly what we all thought it was going to be. It was dope as hell. It was a great fight. Yes, uh, I think a lot of people agree with you on the Horiguchi chatter. And I think one last thing on Patchy Mix before we move on to the UFC card is I don't think anyone questions the skill set of Patchy Mix. It's he's had struggles with this weight cut of making it to 135 and you can see it in the cage just how much how big he is for the weight class but he made it here no issues and we'll see if he could do it again because that's the one thing that really hurts him uh as far as being a fighter goes His last couple fights he's either missed weight or the weight cut has really hindered his performance and looks like everything was smooth sailing out you know, heading into this fight, and he looked fantastic against Horiguchi and picks up the big upset win. So, congratulations, Patch Mix. He moves on. He will fight the winner of Enrique Barzola and Magomed Magomedov. Those two guys will fight on June 24th for five rounds as well. And then that guy will go on to fight Patchy Mix in the semifinals. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great. But together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 
Let's head over to Las Vegas to the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the UFC Apex. We'll start with you, Jose. Just Gondraj took her three minutes and 13 seconds to get the job done. I think all of us picked Just Gondraj to win this fight. She does it very quickly, and she does it with a standing arm triangle choke. This was quite the submission. She is a bulldog, to say the least. Your thoughts on the performance, the submission, and where you put this one thus far in terms of uh, will this be a submission of the year nominee at the end of the year in your eyes? Yeah, it's going to be a nominee. It's going to like right now it's obviously like top, I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of a whole lot better. It's clearly top 10, top five. It's going to be up there. It's like, like I've, I've said this a lot in other sports. Anytime you're the first to do something, you just kind of automatically in my mind, like get thrown into that category of, you know, end of the year awards. Or if you do something like like when Miguel Cabrera won MVP. He wasn't more valuable than Mike Trout, but he was the first person in for the cycle since 1967. You have to take that into account. Same as when Russell Westbrook averaged triple-double. Was not the most valuable player, but he just made history. Anytime you make history, you got to kind of throw yourself into the 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 end-of-the-year award category. But uh, awesome performance, Jessica Andrade is clearly showed she should be a straw weight this whole time she just kept having success at flyaway until she ran into valentina i think she even said that herself that straw is her home from this move this point moving forward and the big thing i took away from this fight is my god do i want to see her rematch rose namayunas for a third time uh, i think they're two like her Joanna, whaley and rose are the four best you know straw weights in the world marina i think is sitting there at number five obviously carla's fantastic she could easily she's already beaten rose i just think rose has gotten so much better uh, and i would put maybe all of those ladies i just mentioned maybe a notch above carla that being said carla deserves this fight that is not the conversation we're going to have right now i just really want to see jessica andrade fight rose Namajunas because jessica andrade can knock you out she can not grind you out she can drop you on your head she can submit you standing she can pretty much win a fist fight any way she wants and i just want to see your fight for another championship at straw weight again because she is so supremely talented and i think we i think taking genders out of the conversation you have to put her in the category of most exciting fighters in mma regardless of weight class regardless of gender she is never in a boring fight she's either going out there and just dismantling people or she's going against the best of the best and she's losing i'm going to put her in that category i don't know about you all guys but i think in terms of females clearly one of the best and in all of mma clearly one of the best i think it's about time we start talking about jessica andrage in these conversations of best fighters regardless of gender in the world yeah I mean, you're just tugging on Casey's heartstrings here. He's just I'm not even tugging on Casey, so I don't care who agrees no, with me. It's just facts, man. <laughs> hey, listen, we all. I think we all. I mean, anyone who doesn't agree with you is is, is a little bit crazy right now. When you see Jessica Andrade on on a poster, you're like, oh damn, you know, something crazy yeah. is going to happen. So, Jed, I know we talked about this in the preview show, but if you're Marina Rodriguez right now, you're probably just like, damn it, I'm I'm not fighting for the title next day, am I? <laughs> You're saying, damn it, I have to fight that woman next? That's what you're yeah. thinking. That's – that's pro- Jose is probably right. I mean I think a little bit will depend on how the title fight goes. Because um, if Rose wins, then maybe they would just slot in Andrade because they have – they've got the two. And at this point, I I think that Andrade is at worst the third best <laughs> straw weight in the world. Um, and so I, I like Jose, I'd love to see that run back because – I all we talked about this before. I thought Andrade at, at least deserved a draw in that second fight with Rose and would have 
I think pretty obviously won that fight if it was five rounds instead of three based on how how it was going towards the end. But neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I think Rod Marina's just going to have to fight her, which means Roger Marina's Marina's about to get got, and that's that's very unfortunate <laughs> for her. But sometimes sometimes that's how the world works, and yeah, that's that's just a tough out because. I don't. She's not going to get to sit and get it, especially with Joanna uh, uh, and, and Wiley Zhang fighting. She's she's going to have to fight one. That's the one she's going to have to fight, and she's probably going to lose because there are like three women on the planet I would pick to win a fist fight against Jessica Andrade, and Marina Rodriguez ain't one of them. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I actually think. Andrade is going to fight whoever wins that fight. Cause even if she, Carla wins, Carla already has a win over Marina and it wasn't all that long ago. So it's not no, like if, you can do that. Carla but I mean, I guess Rose she right back. even after two, eh, maybe they may, I, I think they'll just do, dude, they, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing at the top of the thing. They, they gave Wiley Zhang an immediate rematch after Rose sparked her. There was absolutely no reason to do it. They're just like, whatever. Yeah. I guess you have a point. Nothing, n- nothing is assumed, but I feel MMA like after is, this MMA is drive. silly, and we don't get what we want ever. That's just facts. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. AK, we'll get your official pick on onto the next one tomorrow. But great win for Jessica Andrade. Amanda Lamos goes back to the drawing board. Claudio Poyas, dude, mm. is a silent killer. Jose Young's five wins in a row. This guy is just submitting guys. The knee bars. This one is about as slick as you can get. It was quick. It was fast. It was explosive. And Clay Guida is a very tough man to submit, and he did mm-hmm. all of those things. Your thought on Claudio Poyas' performance and where he may go at 155 pounds? Bruh, he's probably like right outside of the top 15 right now. I don't know if he gets a top 15 opponent, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because lightweight is so stacked. Like, like imagine if he fought Tiago Moises. That would be so – that would be like a grappler's Fire. dream. I don't even think Tiago is even in the top 15. So it's like I don't care – who he fights next, it should just be another guy coming off a win. Another, re- I want him to fight a recognizable name that can catapult him into the top 15 and at least start to get some respect because he is just so supremely talented. The way he grabbed that knee bar was slick as hell. Like, it just looked like what do you, what do you, like a, he was like a Rubik's who just knee bar. Great. Loved everything about it. That dude is so fun. And like you said, good looking kid, well spoken, speaks Spanish, speaks English, throw him on the broadcast, make him that much more popular i think the ufc could have a bona fide star on their hand i just want to see him fight someone that at least has a name like if you just want to throw him in like if you just want to make him like the next guy to beat michael johnson michael johnson's a guy that people know that seems this seems to be the path like beat clay guida beat michael johnson beat one other high level guy now you're top 15 maybe that's the case maybe that happens i don't know but you know i'm excited i am very excited to see his next fight yeah, that was. This guy's really impressive. It'll no one's gonna want to fight him. No one. I have a great. I've seen that business. No one wants I have a piece a of this pick. the prince of the prince of Peru. No, that nickname is that. happening. That we're, nickname we're is that. happening. Prince of Peru uh, is a great nickname. It's way better than it, it's a man. Not. Like it's so good. It's so good. I don't even know what you. He was El Nino before. Oh yeah, let's yeah, just call every too. But Prince of Peru is okay. Awful. Prince of Peru is awesome. People shut up. People shut up. Uh, uh, throw, throw, 
throw your peas up in the chat if uh, if you if you're down with the principle. If you if you F with the principle. See, well, here's the thing, AK. If you're if you're a Gen Z, you're not gonna throw a pea in there because it means something completely different today on this internet. So don't throw a pea. Oh no, in don't the chat. don't don't throw peas in the chat. What about a poll? Well, if I see, well, the, if I see the, okay. I, we have the I, Prince of Positivity in polls to talk about the Prince of Peru. And this listen, is, I hate this. Prince of Peru yeah. is a great nickname. I don't There's know why you have beef with that. <laughs> well, my Prince poll that I have up there right now is is it's, what won the weekend, and I can close it now. Uh, Fury versus well, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later, but Fury versus White, forty one percent. UFC Vegas uh, fifty two, and uh, both Bellator cards even. Actually, what even thirty percent Vegas and twenty nine percent for the Hawaii cards. So uh, Fury and Fury, so really pretty close actually. And Fury versus White just barely had to by ten percent. So I think people had a pretty diverse like kind of uh, view of uh, the combat sports weekend. That's kind of fun. Yeah, it's because it was also the first events that happened as well. Like if we close the day with with Fury's knockout, like this the poll when you yeah. make those, be like Scritchin, big big P. I'm all about that. I'm all about that Scritchin. Thank you. He's down with the Prince of Fruit. He knows what's going on. It's just uh, no. <laughs> just do, he doesn't need one. Does he need it? Does he need a nickname? Can he just it's be a nickname? He's from the I'll same. Say- uh, he's from the same hometown as my mother, Lima, Peru. So, uh, listen, I got to respect it. So I'm down with the Prince of Peru. Well, you have respect know. for the Prince Dude's, of Peru. Dude's dope, um, Yeah, that, he is. He's a very good fighter. You know how I know he's dope? Because he fights in the actual best division of the sport, and he's got five wins, and he's not anywhere close to a ranking. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I know everyone on this site loves the Bantamweight division, but Lightweight has been the yeah. best division in MMA the last 15 years, and that hasn't changed. It's been it's been 20 years probably. Yeah. It's been forever. Yeah. Division. The dude is on a five-fight winning streak and just murdering fools, and he's not – he he's two fights away from a ranking. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. But, oh, I have a question for all of you, though, because I actually don't know how I feel. Is that a better is that a better submission of the year than Andrade's standing? Because, uh, I mean, outside of the thing that we know yeah. that the Andrade one was all luck and strength or whatever that <laughs> insane person it. told you, Mike. <laughs> in terms of – I'll say in terms of technique it was for sure. Like I said, he snatched that thing up so quick that even Daniel Cormier's head exploded. And you know it's coming and you still can't stop it also. But at the same – like if we're talking about history, like Clay Guida has been stops before. No one's done the standing arm triangle in, in like the UFC history. So in mm-hmm. technique-wise, knee bar – easily takes the cake in terms of like kind of uniqueness standing arm triangle is the best sure yeah i mean the technique of it all was amazing because clay guido yeah. like got out of the first submission attempt and like you could see it was almost like clay clay could feel the momentum changing and he was getting all excited he was getting that caveman look on his face like i'm about to start ripping this dude up and then play us like nope and then and then it was over, and then he tapped, and it was done. It was, it was so pretty. instantaneous. Like, when he set it in, it was immediately there. It's like, oh, we're not yeah. working for this. I have your ankle is behind my ear. You're done. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> it was so um, That's my number one, the, the players. That's my number one for now. Yes, the, the future is definitely bright for, for Claudio Pueyes. And that leads me to the future. That is what we call a segue in this business. Oh. Macy Barber, a.k.a. <laughs> Got herself yeah. a victory, a legitimate yeah. win. She's no back controversy. On. No controversy here. This is a sweeping of the scorecards against Montana De La Rosa. I feel like this is a perfectly match-made fight for her. 
to do that and get back on track with. Were you impressed with Macy Barber tonight? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Montana De La Rosa is a really tough opponent. Uh, a little bit older than her, but kind of, you know, in that same age range. So it was good. It was it was really solid, smart matchmaking, which I think, by the way, was I would say it was the theme actually of the, the main card. I, th- I thought the main card, I mentioned this in my uh, predictions post, um, which was, re- was really well done, really well put together. Uh, and, and plus the happy accident that we that we unfortunately lost of uh, Alexander Romanov versus um, uh, Chase Sherman. Which is now, by the way, for anyone who missed it, has been pushed to next Friday's card. So we will be getting it soon, fingers crossed. But otherwise, but when that was on there, I'm like, this is a really fun main card. And and for the most part, the matchups made a lot of sense. Jordan Venata, I thought Poyas Guido was a really smart test. Uh, Andrade Lamoche, I thought would be a little bit closer. But on paper, I thought a really smart matchup. And I feel the same way about Barber and uh, and De La Rosa. I think um, I think. Uh, you know, both fighters have a lot of promise. I think De La Rosa has shown a little bit more versatility. She's got some more finishes. Um, but Barbara's the one that's always had kind of the hype and, and um, you know, a lot of the, I think people feel sort of the promotional push behind her. And she's and she's a bigger personality in the mic. So you had a lot of contrast going on here. Uh, Montana De La Rosa, very soft-spoken. You know, she has personality, but definitely very soft-spoken uh, comparatively. So I love that contrast. I like I, I likewise saw Macy Barber. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like some amazing, like super impressive, like blowing the doors off performance. But for someone who doesn't who doesn't turn 24 until like until next month, you saw legitimate growth. You saw legitimate maturity. I think she still has a long way to go. Um, I don't think we're anywhere near seeing the best version of Macy Barber. And I think if they keep giving her matches like this and, and booking her in a smart way, this is someone who will, you know, maybe, maybe now she has fallen a bit behind um, some of the newer names like Manal Firo and uh, Aaron Blanchfield and them, uh, even Miranda Maverick, who she quote unquote beat in her most recent fight. I get it. I get it a lot of fresh names will come along but i i feel like macy is not removed from that conversation and i think performances like tonight are kind of remind you why she had the hype behind her and why there's still hope that she could um get get back in that uh that that sort of hyped flyweight um cluster yeah the road's just gonna get harder for her i feel like the ufc kind of already gave her those opportunities to go over the wily veteran with a name with the Roxanne Modafari fight, who knows? Maybe they throw in there with with, with JoJo Wood or something. Sure. I have my yeah. own thoughts, which I will reveal on onto the next one. So, good win for Macy Barber, Montana De La Rosa. We'll see where she goes from here. Jed, how about the uh, the Canadian Gilly party? We had Charles Jordan with the Gilly. We had Mark Andre Barriol with the Gilly. Nice way to start the main card, was it not? So I saw uh, exactly zero of the Barriol fight, so I can't speak to that one. Uh, I was doing something else at the time. Uh, the Jordan one, great gilly. I think it was one-armed. I didn't uh, watch the replay multiple times, but at least certainly the setup was him locking that in entirely solo, uh, which is nasty. Uh, but re- honestly, my biggest takeaway is that just before that fight even started, I was like, oh, Lando looks old. Like I don't know. He just kind of physically looks like he's not there anymore uh and i he very quickly got submitted and i don't know if those two things are interrelated or if i'm uh just manifesting something here but that is my large takeaway from that fight uh so well great guillotine it was nicely done uh and then before those two submissions happened we had an absolute banger between Sergey Hondosco and Dwight Grant. Those two went after it. That was a great fight, got fight of the night. And in the end, Sergey gets the victory. TKO, Dwight Grant falls short. So 
that's the UFC card. We'll take questions in a minute, but Jose, you are here because you are mm-hmm. our biggest boxing enthusiast here Mark, on MMAfighting.com. You're going you're to move past the UFC card without, without saying it? You're not going to talk about it? Come what on. you want to talk about? What? The, the, we, the, we fight, the fight that stole the show? The, 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 the opened the show and stole the show, Jay? Mike oh, Jackson, yes, UFC yes. winner, baby. <laughs> right. Plus Listen. 700 cash. Four tickets. years, four Listen. years after his, for his, uh, his most recent fight, he is officially a UFC winner. That fight was just hilarious in all senses of the word. And I left that out because I know when we get questions, we're probably going to get about 14 of them. So, uh, but I do want to give Tyson Fury his due. And, you know, not only what happened in the fight, but what happened after the fight, because I thought that was tremendous too. Jose, Tyson Fury mm-hmm. knocks out Dillian White in the sixth round. This was one way traffic. This fight was not yeah. close for a single yeah. second. Were you surprised that it was not close for a single second? I was surprised in the sense that it seems like Dillian White had a real, like after the, I gave, I had a 50-45 going to the sixth round. I think obviously Tyson Fury, as the fight went on, he was finding a lot of success though. In that, in that fifth round, Dillian White hit a wicked body shot that seemed to kind of uh, halt Tyson Fury, but then he kind of followed up with a couple of big shots. So I felt like Dillian White was maybe about to turn the corner, not win the fight, but maybe win a couple rounds before like, you know, maybe Tyson Fury either pulled out a dominant decision, like maybe 10 to 10 or nine, three or whatever it was. But that first round when Dillian White came out Southpaw, caught me by surprise and you could see it cost Tyson Fury by surprise. He's like, what the hell do I do with this? Dylan white is not a good boxer when he's Southpaw. He's tried it before <laughs> and it doesn't normally work out, but if he put the time in and he actually came out there and fought Tyson Fury Southpaw for the whole fight, I think, I don't know if he was going to win because Tyson Fury is the best heavyweight of like the last 20 years. I've said that many times on many shows, but it seems like Tyson Fury was very confused by what was happening and he won the round but it wasn't a great round the whole fight was real kind of gross not like disgusting but it was like an ugly fight it wasn't a high level technical uh boxing match and it wasn't the barn burner that was the tyson fury deontay wilder fights it was just an ugly fight there was a weird headbutt there was a lot of jaw and the referee was a was a travesty he just could not control that fight he was like arguing with both men i'm like get it together ref just let him fight but just give him a warning uh but then in the second round when Tyson Fury came out southpaw and Dylan White came out orthodox, I'm like, what is going on in this fight? This is just the most baffling thing I've seen because Dylan White at least looks like he confused Fury, like I said. And then he goes, nah, forget this. I can't do this. I'm going to fight orthodox. And then Fury's like, I can actually fight southpaw and orthodox because I'm just better than you. And he just pieced him up. So started off very interesting and then by the third round i was like yeah this is just tyson fury just gonna smoke him i expected dylan white to win maybe a couple rounds in the middle didn't even get to that point because tyson fury just melted him with an uppercut beautiful uppercut uh, i think that to me i think a lot of people thought the jake paul t- t- like people talk about the jake paul time and woodley knockout as being like the best knockout of the last few months but i think i and that i don't we're not talking about jake paul the person just jake paul the boxer and that knockout that's about as clean as a knockout as you can get in the jake paul and tyron woodley fight but this knockout was just so much better just all around high levels actual championships championship at stake a hundred thousand people watching that fight like very cool scene very awesome performance by tyson fury and i do not believe for a second he's going to retire 
Yeah, what what I liked about that knockout so much is is like Tyson Fury was almost setting it up for yeah. five and a half rounds. Well, and yeah. they just, well if you yeah. if you look at Dillian White's losses, they're all like set up by uppercuts. Like if I'm going to beat Dillian White, I'm gonna like a I will you know let's not say that I would, but like if I am Tyson Fury and I'm like, what's the easiest path to victory? It's probably just throw an uppercut and knock him dead, and that's what he did. Yeah, and that like this is not like just a sneaky uppercut. This one yeah. was like he like reached down and dug some dirt off the mat before yeah, he yeah, came yeah. up. Stevens <laughs> uppercut right there, baby. That was Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, that was Jeremy Stevens uppercut. Tremendous performance. The buzz is in the air. The entrances mm-hmm. were great. Very long, but they were great, especially Tyson Fury's. But Jed, what happens after? Tyson Fury's doing the interviews with different sites. He's on the mic, and who does he bring into the ring? but UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou, fresh off of surgery, goes down to London, is there supporting a sponsor, at least that's what he said. But Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou are in there staring each other down, and then they put each other over, and they've cut great promos, a lot of respect there. They want to make this thing happen. We have the, the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing, the heavyweight champion of the UFC in the ring together trying to make this happen. What was your biggest takeaway from this whole thing? I've been like, I'm far from the only person who's been saying it, but I've been saying it the whole time. He, he ain't coming back to the UFC. This is a fantasy. This, this whole thing that Dana White and him are going to patch it up and the UFC are going to know because why would he give the UFC a cut of that fight? Sure. It's a one-time offer. He can only cash that ticket once. Once he does it, Fury's going to knock him out. And then Nganu probably can't do the boxing thing. But, you know, when you have a lotto ticket, you cash in the winning lotto ticket. And that's what he's got. He can make maybe $100 million on that like fight. I'm not even joking. Like I think it is very in the realm of possibility for that fight to generate hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. Uh, Because, I mean, just from that, like, I was into it anyway, even though I know the outcome, I'm still into the story. And them in the ring doing that whole thing, it's it's there. This has the momentum. This is going to be a thing. And they both know it. And so they are both going to do it. Like, they're they're just going to wait it out until December. And then we're going to do this next summer. And Tyson Fury is going to make, you know, $300 million and Francis is going to make $100 million. And it's going to be awesome for as long as it lasts. I'm so happy for this moment. I was waiting for this moment. It's taken us some time, a couple of technical difficulties, switching from one computer to another, my screen freezing, talking over you guys without even knowing it. All this has led to this moment because we did not hear from one man today. And we're going to change that right now. At least we're going to try to put my best friend A.K. Lee in this man's shoes, conspicuous by his absence at the post-fight press conference, A.K., was Dana White. No Dana White <laughs> at the post-fight press conference, A.K. So a lot, I, I would like to ask oh. you to uh, put yourself <laughs> in Dana White's shoes and, uh, and react to what happened today, seeing your heavyweight champion in London in the same ring with Tyson Fury talking about a potential fight. 
uh, hey, uh, hey, I'm Dana White. Hey, what's this, hey, what's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? Hey, Francis Ngannou, we still under contract. What's he doing? We got him on a contract for another year. Hey, what's this guy think he's doing? He's just gonna go into boxing and uh, and not give me a piece of that pie. Ah, I tell you, he's no respect. I get no guys. I get no respect. Dana White over. Ah, oh, man, tell my wife. Am I right? God, no respect. Uh, yeah, listen, it's it's. I, I I don't think it's gonna happen. Like, if, if they want it to happen, we can talk about it. You know, I made it happen for Conor McGregor. <laughs> I made it happen for Conor McGregor. Uh, we, we worked that out. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if Francis thinks he's got some kind of leverage that I don't know about. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk to Hunter. We'll see if we can make that happen. But uh, God, no respect. That I, I I don't know. I don't know how to leave me out of this. Oh, excuse me. Oh, so I'm back. amazing. I'm back. That was so I'm worth back. the wait. I'm back. Man. It's like you have gone, to like you've yeah. gone, you've gotten like you are now you you've you've transformed into this this mm-hmm. combination of like if Joe Pesci and yeah. Rodney Dangerfield had had a had a child like that's what that's what it's like you got a little Pesci in there oh, Di- oh and David Sandine and Andrew Dice Clay yeah that was well done AK Jose it's so hard to put yourself in Dana's shoes but. You've you've spoken to the Here, man a few times one on one. What do you think he's thinking right now? I'm sure he's thinking, well, that sucks because my heavyweight champion <laughs> of the world is there. But you know, he's like, well, at least he didn't bring the belt with him. Oh, and it looks like he <laughs> dressed up for the occasion too. So he's probably very upset that he's not making a boatload of money on this, like Conor McGregor. But you know what? I I Jose Young's just this is I don't give a f about is Francis Ngannou boxing Tyson Fury. I don't give a damn at all about that fight. That Throw that in the bin. I don't care at all. I want to see Tyson Fury fight two men, and that's Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua. And we're not going to pretend that Francis Ngannou Tyson Fury sells more than Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua when all the belts are on the line. That's not going to happen because it's not true. We all live in this mixed martial arts fantasy world where Francis Ngannou is this big pay-per-view draw, and if he goes over into the boxing world, he's going to get $100 million. That's not happening. It's not going to happen. Anthony Joshua is the second biggest box office attraction in all of boxing, and he's not even the champion. The biggest draw is Canelo. The biggest thing you can make right now is Connor Canelo. That sells f- 5 million pay-per-views easy. And that is like being that possibly more, probably more. Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury in Wembley, they're going to have to add seats. If that all the belts, if Anthony Joshua defend, like avenges his loss against Usyk and fights Tyson Fury, that you print money. You print money. And also not for nothing that's an actual competitive fight against the two best heavyweights in the world we all talk about how we want boxers to fight the best in the world and then as soon as an mma goes i won't make my boxing anymore you just say that i don't want i don't don't care i don't care i want to see the best fight the best and i want to see tyson fury fight fight usik versus tyson fury is a pugilistic dream that is the about as high level of a like a quote-unquote violent chess match as you can get and then anthony joshua i think actually has i don't think i know anthony joshua has the tools to beat tyson fury his lack of defense is going to be his downfall and guess what that just sets up the one of those heavyweight fights that jed talks about so much where they just clang and bang in there and then someone dies in front of a hundred and thirty thousand people in wembley stadium so and gone fury throw it in the bin i hate it i don't want it i don't want it at all 
I want to see Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua slash Usyk fight. And then you can make all these stupid fights that everyone wants and is pretending is going to make $100 million because it's not going to happen. Wow. I, I wasn't sure what sound effect we were going to get. Uh, your response to that, Jed? Sure. I I agree fully with Jose's contention that the fight is mostly dumb and that Anthony Joshua would make more money. Uh, but that fight's not going to happen, and the Ngannou one is, and that's just the world we live in. Like, I... <laughs> I take Fury at his word saying he wants to retire. I could be wrong on that, sure, and I'll hand up if I am. But, like, I he he told Ariel, you know, a month ago or whatever, I don't want to have real boxing matches anymore, but I'll still do some, like, uh, he's going to do the Floyd thing where he'll take exhibitions or weirdo stuff, fights that he cannot physically lose and still provide an enormous pay, payday. So, like, 100%, if I had a choice, give me Fury Joshua. But one, if you're, I don't even know if you can run that. If you have to do the Joshua Usyk, and Usyk will just beat Joshua again, so that sucks. <laughs> and two, like I, I just don't think Fury wants to fight Usyk. Who, and I don't think Usyk would sell. I maybe I'm wrong there, but I that just does not feel like that's a fight that would be, you know, have have this gravitas to it. And so instead of not getting to fight Joshua for a number of reasons and not really wanting to because he just wants to go fight a guy he is going to beat and make similar amounts of money. We're just going to get the Ngannou thing. And look, like I said, I'm for it. I, I know the outcome. It's kind of dumb, but you can have lots of fun with dumb things. And this one <laughs> probably won't have this like horrific, not even veiled racism permeating every inch of it that Connor Floyd was. So that'd be great. I'd like to not absolutely feel disgusting about myself as I watch some cartoon thing go down. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in on it. And I think that's, what's coming. And I'm sorry. Cause Jose's right. All of the things he said should be how the world works, mm-hmm. but it's not. So here we are. I still think even if Joshua loses, Fury vacates the belts. He still fights Joshua for no belts. I still think it sells more than the Ngannou fight. Oh, it does. I, I just don't think Fury would fight him. <laughs> like, I, I just think he think would. He wants I think he would. I hope he does because I'm with you. If they did that and then you can do – because, I mean, Ngannou can't Also, because let's not forget, anyway. this is going to be a stupid hybrid rule fight that they joked about. This is oh, not going to be a boxing match. That's even sillier. Six ounce gloves or whatever the hell. It's Stupid. Stupid. Just, like, if they can have them if, both. If they're going to do Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou in one of those goofy triad fights, so be it. But I don't want to see Tyson Fury box any MMA people. I yeah. I, I want to see. I want to see him do it in the dumbest way possible. I want it to be in a like with a moat. And just <laughs> look, have fun. Have fun. <laughs> I'm definitely staunchly against the hybrid concept because, as people know, uh, I am still trying to get the hashtag keep the martial arts apart uh, movement going. It's not going well. Uh, we're not getting a lot of traction with this hashtag. Some people say it's too long. Some people say it's just stupid. Uh, it's very hurtful. People are saying a lot of hurtful things about it. But either way, uh, I, so that's why I would I, I do want to see the boxing match because I want to see Ngannou removed from MMA as much as possible if he's to fight uh, Tyson Fury. I don't want – I'm tired – no one wants to see Francis Ngannou like wrestling anymore or kicking people or throwing elbows or doing anything. 
keep the martial arts apart. Let's just see. Let's 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 put him in boxing. Let's just see how it goes. Now again, he'll get straight up annihilated by Tyson Fury. No one is questioning this. Uh, but the spectacle of it is very entertaining to me. So uh, I don't like the hybrid idea. I'm all in on a, on a boxing match happening, as unlikely as that is uh, probably to be. Because as you guys have said many times, there's just so many better options um, for uh, for Tyson Fury if he's serious about making money and e- and even a fight that like is intriguing to him personally. He'd probably rather. Fight. I think if you if you can wave a magic wand and pick any opponent, yeah, obviously Anthony Joshua. That's that's the one he wants. But um, it, but yeah, well, but he, I support I support the idea. I, I really, idea. I really, really think that if Anthony like I'm pretty confident that if Joshua wins, we're going to get that fight. So let's not forget they signed the contracts already, and then mm-hmm. Deontay Wilder sued Fury to make the third fight happen. So they already put pen to paper before. And Fury has retired four times in his career, and he's come back every time. It's like history repeats itself. History is a, like it's a flat circle, as Sean Alshadi would say, outside of the, the, the footprint center in downtown Phoenix. Fury's retired many a time. He's always come back. He's already signed on to fight Anthony Joshua. And then he just goes, eh, instead of fighting Joshua, I guess I have to go fist fight Deontay Wilder again and then beat Dylan and white and then he can fight Anthony Joshua. I'm pretty confident that fight is going to happen. Like Tyson Fury is a carny okay. first and foremost. And he'll because then guess what? I'm out of retirement to fight Anthony Joshua. And everyone's like, oh, the returning champion comes back to avenge. Blah, 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 blah. And then it's even that much more interesting. Yeah. Oh, and you can have them both. And Ganu can't fight until next summer, basically. So you could do right. the that sure. one later this year. Honestly, and like, and even if Usyk wins, I still want to see Usyk. For, well, when Usyk wins, I still want to yeah. see Usyk and Fury because that fight freaking rules too. That fight does rule. I, I just think Fury has a lot less interest. If in that if fight, it, agreed, if Usyk beats Anthony Joshua and then beats Tyson Fury, he is one of the seven greatest boxers in the history of boxing ever. I mean, he would be a he would be okay. undisputed in two weight classes. But I'd like to ask a much more important question. Back to the hybrid rule set, because I want Jose's brain to explode tonight. Instead of doing like the one championship MMA round and thing, Mm. because obviously if Nganu survived a round, he would then take him down and pound him out. What if it was just grappling? So there's no ground strikes. Nganu has to tap him. And you gave Fury six months to like learn some core fundamental defense that's actually really interesting to me i like this i like this without somebody getting a stoppage frankly if we're gonna like do it. bum if we're gonna do bum ass hybrid rules i want there to be a quota on things that francis and gano can do in there like he gets three elbows through 12 <laughs> rounds and he has to ration no. them no ground strikes it's <laughs> no striking yeah. versus bjj alternating rounds because like Ngannou can tap people, didn't he tap blades or whatever? Like, uh, not also, blades. Uh, Hamilton. Not like his, Hamilton. Hamilton. That's right. It's not like his bread. And I'm pretty bread. sure Tyson Fury could tap Hamilton. So come on. <laughs> see, listening, saying, listening to really this conversation. To see how that went. Listening to this conversation, like I don't care what happens because we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna have fun with whatever. I happens. am literally clutching my pearls at this. That is what I'm doing. I am physically clutching pearls for people who are listening. Here's, but here's what would be hilarious if they like we just we just throw everything out the window and they come together and they book like a best of seven 
Jose would lose his mind. It'd be like the greatest rant in the history of MMA fighting if that happened. Just something so outrageous. I'd be so mad. We don't see I'd it be once. infuriated. We don't see it twice. We might have to see it four four, Jose. And that would be just an amazing rant coming from me. I would call up I would get Guillerme to introduce me to Jose Aldo so Jose Aldo can just kick my leg as hard as he could. Because that's <laughs> that would be equivalent to the pain I feel inside. Yeah, I mean, listen. See, look, look I, I because it's a stupid idea, and we should stop <laughs> entertaining tomfoolery and let boxers box the best, box the best, and MMA fighters fight the best. And then they, if they want to do cross promotion when it's all said in the dust of sales, there's no one else to fight. So be it. Because like everyone talks about like Floyd fighting Connor made a bunch of money for everyone. And everyone kept saying, oh, you can't pay like you can't pay tuition with legacy. The, the, the Joshua fight is both. It makes him more money and it builds his legacy. So there you go. Win or lose, he's going to make a boatload of money. And if he loses, he loses to the best. And if he wins, he's top five greatest heavyweights ever. That's the fight. Not this stupid ass Francis Ngannou fight. I'm getting all hot. I'm getting all angry. Another idea. What if we did this? Oh man. Well, I'm just I'm thinking on your best of seven series. What if we just got outside the fight world? And one of them was them like playing, a, you know, like, like a 5K. Uh, Here's what's gonna happen. The next time oh, we see Tyson Fury inside of a ring, it's gonna be a SummerSlam. Next question. I was that's gonna say, fact, why though. have we not? We haven't even brought up WWE. No, yet. that's a fact. That is going to happen. He already laid it out there. It's going to happen. Kevin Holland, if you're listening, I know you wanted to do this idea of putting athletes against each other, doing different challenges. Here's the one, buddy. Take this challenge on and create a series Tether of events ball. between Tetherball. Dude, oh, Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou and Tetherball would be fire. <laughs> okay. Jose can't even pretend he wouldn't watch that. <laughs> he would watch the hell out of that. He would get all agitated. Right? No, because I'd be afraid that someone would get hurt and then we wouldn't get to see them fight the best of the best. Who gets hurt in a tetherball tether game? Hey, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Tony Ferguson, who trips out, who blows their ACL out in a TV studio walking. It happens. No, this is from a man yeah, who's a, a lifelong fan of baseball. This is from a lifelong baseball fan in Jose who has seen the most bizarre injuries yeah. that human beings, who suppo- yeah. supposedly high-level athletes, uh, yeah. somehow can endure. <laughs> what about a home run derby? Home run derby, Tyson nope. Fury versus Francigana. You wouldn't watch a home run derby between those two. Guys. I wouldn't watch a home run derby. I would, yeah, I would pay <laughs> them to hit a seventy mile an hour fastball. First person, you get a hundred <laughs> throws. First person to even make contact wins because neither one of those fools can hit a baseball. A Brit <laughs> and a dude who can't swing a bat—that's not happening. I've seen British people try to play baseball. It's comical. Oh, oh. I wow. feel. Like There's a video out there of our friend Oscar Willis throwing a baseball. It made well, it made Uncle Rico look like Tom Brady. I'll say that. I just want to be clear. We're at the stage of the evening where Jose compares Oscar Willis to Francis Ngannou and Tyson yeah. Fury as yeah. far as athletics. So agitated so, him. You bring up you bring you you bring up bum ass ideas. My brain gets all discombobulated. There's your there's your word of the day, gentlemen. Well, that's the best post fight show ever. I can't wait for BTL to expand upon this topic. But Casey, you're mm. here. Which means let's get, let's take a few questions. Um, hopefully about. Okay, we'll go to questions. I mean, I mean all, the questions are all about tetherball. By the way, it's, we only got it's just yes. tetherball talk. 
You, I want to see Francis Ngannou hit a tether ball. <laughs> and and he misses. He gets wrapped around his wrist. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, questions. Jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, jeez. Um, <laughs> uh, here we go. I mean, if we don't have any questions, uh, I mean, we okay. got a few comments. Yeah. Uh, incorrect. Incorrect. Sweet, Caroline. Sweet terrible. Sweet Caroline <laughs> is an awful song unless it's it being played in the seventh inning at Fenway it Park. Is that objectively is objectively Excellent song. Uh, it's association with the deplorable Boston Red Sox, notwithstanding. Yeah. But uh, Sweet Caroline is objectively a, a fantastic song. Okay. Um, Wrong. Mike Jackson did the right thing. Hell yeah, he did. As far as what, yeah. taking a DQ? Yeah, I would if a guy like almost okay. intentionally tried to gouge my effing eye out. Put two uh, fingers I, I, <laughs> into your eye socket. The replay looked so bad. And you I did, so many times. Yes, but but I mean, like, like if you're Dean Barry, and I, I I probably wasn't intentional, but that's almost worse. That means like that means you did something like that, and you don't even know how you like you don't even realize you were doing it. That's almost scarier. You know what I mean? That's like that. If I'm his if I'm his next opponent, I'm like, whoa, he didn't realize he was like reaching up and gouging the other dude's eyes. Like, I don't think I want to be in the cage and hit him with a spin cuck to uh, a spin cuck, a spin kick, <laughs> a spin. I almost said something else. A spin <laughs> kick to the yabos. I don't want to fight this guy. This guy, Dean Barry, clearly a talented guy, uh, an experienced kickboxer. But boy, uh, you throw him in a cage. You add it. You mix in the MMA, and again, you you mix the. That's why I keep telling people keep, keep the mix. If we mean, kept the you're martial, telling, you're, if we kept, you're telling me that someone that's really good at one thing got thrown into another thing, and he okay. wasn't nearly as good, and it was ugly. Shocking, okay. everybody. If we I for one martial, am shocked. If we kept the martial arts apart. Mike Jackson's balls and eye would still be intact. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, Jed, I loved the spin kick thing. The whole spin kick thing was incredible. They were like, "Please, please turn off the mic," and he just kept dropping f bombs. And then that's what. So, was like, if you watch Casey, I know you, when, when we when we used to do the coffee talk after mm-hmm. the pay per views. And I remember bringing this up for the Gagey Ferguson fight when I was there in Jacksonville, and it was like me, John Morgan, and like that was it. Those was that was the only media that was sat Octagon side. The thing that stood out to me the most, that was the most jarring in an empty arena, was when Justin Gagey got hit in the cup, and his screams of pain were like burned into my brain because you don't normally hear that when there's twenty thousand people screaming around you. But but did he have the the diamond MMA cup that Joe Rogan has been hawking for years? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't listen to Joe Rogan in 2022. You know who was yeah. wearing a diamond, diamond cup? MMA. I think, and I, I I know this unfortunately. I think Lando was wearing a diamond MMA cup because he got oh. pants during the fight. If you remember. Oh, <laughs> <He did. laughs> right. you know it's crazy it's about how, that... how humiliating that loss was. Not only did you get choked oh. out in like two minutes. You got pants. Literally got shorts. You know what's crazy yeah. too? <laughs> going back shorts. to the going back to the Bellator thing. Rufion Stotts is like four years older than Lando Venata. That's how like like it looks very oh. bizarre how Lando looked. You're right. Uh, one more thing about the uh, the Dean Barry Mike Jackson thing. If, if, in, in case anyone's wondering, uh, Dean Barry is not super apologetic about it. He posted a video on his own uh, social media. <laughs> I saw that. Saying yeah. he he said he thought that uh, Mike Jackson took took uh, took the easy way out. And uh, again, I think when you gouge another man in the eye, maybe don't say that. He is by definition correct because it is much harder to fight a man uh-huh. with zero 
cojones and one eyeball after he <laughs> yeah. has removed them both. Yeah, yeah. Much more difficult yeah. to fight a man in those circumstances. Maybe, maybe that's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the worst. Yeah, that was that was not an eye poke. That was a gouge. Yeah. So that's it's a very <laughs> that was big like difference. worse than the cachoeira like you know thumb. That was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope. Yeah, I hope. I hope. He, um, miss. What's next for Mike Jackson? Is that is that is that gonna be talked about on onto the next? You. Me? Is it you? Oh yeah, thirty twenty four, baby. I'm going down to one sixty. If he can, if he can make, if he can, if he can get, uh, catch weight one sixty. I you know me, Mike Jackson. What no? We'll both make some bread. You know, so yeah, who knows? Eagle FC. media versus media. Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson should just should just call it a day and just ride off into the sunset with like in oh, no. the, the eyes of everybody who watched these fights with awesome. two victories in a row. Two well, well, he got two checks tonight. Mike Jackson got two checks tonight. Congratulations. Sure what were the odds again? What were the odds again? Mike Jackson was, uh, a was plus like 700 like underdog. Six. Is that yeah. the biggest is that the biggest upset America. of the year in MMA? I think so. By the numbers? Probably. Yeah. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's got to be up there. Baby. Yeah. It's certainly it's up the there. Biggest since Big Tuna. Yeah. Well, at least in the UFC. So, yeah. So there's there's Sarah GSP, and then right below that is Mike Jackson, Dean Barry. When Tuna beat uh, Christian Edwards last year. That was like, that's ridiculous numbers. No, because Homegirl, Julian Pena closed it a pretty high number. Was she at a grand? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. She was kids, up there. If you kids, if you like to bet money, I'll just say use code word the MMA hour on DraftKings, win a bunch of money, and then donate it to comic books for kids so kids can read comic books while they get cured from cancer. Do good things oh. with your money because money is not a toy. Next question. <laughs> there we go. Oh, oh. I can't buy toys though. Um, Four kids. <laughs> Uh, Claudio Play is a threat at lightweight. That's five in a row, and he doesn't have a number next to his name. We kind of talked about this, yeah. but uh, I have a really good matchup threat. for onto the next one that I think a lot of people is like. It, I think is it Alexander perfect. Hernandez? It is not Alexander Hernandez. <laughs> wow, Alexander I Hernandez thought... should be fighting Patty Pimblet. That's the yeah, I was gonna say. Happening. <laughs> uh, this is way better than Alexander Hernandez. I'll tell you that right now, Jose. You and you would appreciate this, Jose, because I know you're a big fan mm. of this guy. All right, I, I am waiting on bated breath for the next episode of On to the Next One. Another another surging lightweight who may or may not have had childhood dreams of being a professional skateboarder sometime. Mm. Well, that would you know be a what? scrap. That would be a scrap. We've done this that- for an hour and twenty minutes, and it is three a.m. on the East Coast. Oh yeah, yep. dude. So yeah. go to bed. Go you know to bed, what Jens. I'm gonna do? I'm gonna play my favorite song. Hit the music. Is it oh. Sweet Caroline? Oh, <laughs> I can sing it if you want. You know, you guys know what Sweet yeah. Caroline's about. Sweet Caroline, good times never no. feeling so good. Is this like it's my about, Sharona? It is literally about Caroline Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's daughter. Oh, okay. That's nice. The Love more you know. You guys learned a lot today. You learned about what that song's about. You learned about mm-hmm. stupid hybrid fights, and you learned yeah. about the boxing matches that should happen in the world. And the dangers of tether about ball. a potential hundred million dollar yeah. tether ball matchup yeah. between Tyson yeah, Fury and Brandon. I stand by uh, it. That tether ball game would bull. I'm down. <laughs> All right, AK and I back tomorrow for on to the next one. For AK, for Jed, for Casey, for Jose, I am Mike Heck. Apologies once again for the technical difficulties. Good night, everybody. Love you guys. Happy birthday, AK. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
Nope. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.